Yes, yes, yes. You're listening to the Word Spoken Podcast, the poetry podcast that brings you the best. And I'm your host, Henry, and this is episode 25. What's going on? We've hit the quarter century. So excited about it. And we've got a bit of a cool one again. We've got Open Mic Part 2. Um, so before I kind of jump into that, I just want to say I hope everyone's doing all right through this kind of very turbulent and uh, like claustrophobic time everyone's kind of stuck indoors no one's really going anywhere it's all a little bit bleak but if this episode can serve as as any purpose in your lockdown it's to kind of give you that open mic feel we're all missing open mics there's something which you know if you're on the poetry scene you would have been going to a lot before all of this happened and I really I definitely for one really miss them so that's what this episode is for these open mic series are for this is part two if you haven't already tuned into part one definitely go and do that but this is part two so one thing I need to say um, there was loads of people that applied to come on this I had to whittle them down it was super hard for the second one because um, I'm only going to do two parts Um, so this is the last kind of open mic uh, episode and it was just really hard to kind of choose these 10 poets Um, and that's really because there was so much talent in what people sent me in I loved so many of them there was literally when I got down to to kind of choosing this one there was about 25 poems where I was like I really want to get that one in but there was only 10 spaces so I had to uh, make some choices and the choices I've made are the following 10 poets so congratulations to these guys um and yeah thank you for everyone else for applying i will be i'll I'll say this i will be doing uh i I kind of really enjoyed this format i think it's really it's kind of been a lot of fun i hope you guys listening have have enjoyed it as well i think i'm going to do it again um not for a little while but i will i will do it a little again maybe in a couple of months or something um i think it just kind of breaks up the format a little bit so anyway who have we got coming on this week well the winners were for the final uh, part two of the open mic were Chris Moore, Jessica Jane Morling, Jake Nathan, Faz Barber, Zazi, Joe Johnsey, Amalia the Alchemist, Nawar, Abina Bediako, and finally Kenny Burns. So, so excited about these 10 poets. Honestly, as I said, I was spoiled for choice when it came to kind of picking the poets for this part two. So I'm sure you're going to all enjoy these poems. Now, they're super varied, again, um, in in terms of content, but also in terms of style and just everything. You know, it really shows, hopefully, it gives the the feel of the diversity you get at an open mic night. That's kind of the idea I was doing with this. So the first poet goes by the name of Chris Moore. To give him a follow on Instagram, head to ShutterMoore84. That's Shutter, spelled normally, and then M-O-O-R-E. 84. I'm going to quickly read out his bio before telling you a little bit about his piece. Um, His bio reads, My name is Chris Moore. I'm from the Lake District originally, but now live in Manchester. I'm a photographer and started writing and performing poetry two years ago and love attending spoken word nights around the country. So this piece, um, I had quite a few entries, kind of makes sense really, but I had quite a few entries about the coronavirus, about lockdown. um, And I I thought what I'd do is kind of pick my my favourite one from them. And this is it. So this piece is called Corona. Um, I just really thought he kind of captured the the real essence of what's kind of going down right now, but also kind of making sure that we kind of maintain a positive outlook and keep that kind of humour and kind of eye-winking Britishness about it. So 
That's what I thought this piece does really, really nicely. It's called Corona, and this is Chris Moore. Hello, I'm Christopher Moore, and this poem is dedicated to the NHS, the carers, and all you adulterers out there who are pining for your bit on the side. It came at the back end of winter, the part when you've been pushed that bit too far, needing the wind and rain that's wrapped on all breaks and scars to be told, last orders at the bar. It came when we finally dared to dream about wild swimming, barbecues, freshly cut grass trimmings and early noughties indies tunes. It walked into our lives so muted, so low-key, that we didn't bother to raise our heads from our handheld cinema screens. It sat amongst us, watched us, weighed us all up, licking its lips, adjusting its crown. I bet it couldn't believe its luck. Then it struck. Announcing itself as Corona, suggesting even a virus has a sense of humour, until it sped round China like a stock car at Daytona. The devastation was real, but far. Like war, we watched the horror, eating cereal sat at our kitchen bars. Thank Christ we're all protected by borders and walls, so this wolf can't huff and puff its way into our souls. But with the skills of a double-O spy, it made its way onto planes and ships, cavorting through lands in the blink of an eye, slipping through customs and exile with its flexible snake hips. The streets became desolate, the hospitals overworked, as entrepreneurs stared up at trees wondering, how the fuck do we make bog rolls out of these? Doctors and nurses came out of retirement for one final hoorah, going toe-to-toe with the invisible beast that had developed a taste for Granny and Grandpa. Stock began to fly off the shelves with people grabbing the essentials of each other by the pills if they took ten or more hand sanitizer gels. Minced beef, bread, not so much fruit or veg, but definitely turkey dinosaurs rapidly became extinct. Luckily, Joe Wicks was on hand streaming live workouts to stop our New Year's resolution bodies from going down the sink. To protect one another from each other, we became prisoners in our own homes, wishing we hadn't previously binged on The Wire or Game of Thrones. The people pulled together, protecting the more vulnerable, showing each other that we're more than capable of loving, caring, and proving the human spirit is defiantly unshakable. So we sit and we wait for this virus to dissipate, watching on in horror as an American reality celebrity vehemently tries to begin World War Three. So there we go. That was Chris Moore with Corona. And as I said, I just really liked it. It was my favourite ones or the ones I heard about the virus, about the lockdown. So yeah, thank you very much. Just a reminder, Shuttermore84 on Instagram. Chris Moore with a wonderful piece. I think, you know, these are some very strange times and I think he kind of does depict both the seriousness and the kind of British spirit in there. So, yeah, I just really liked it. You know, he kind of says that it sat among us, watched us, weighed us all up. Um, And he mentions how the people pull together through it. And I think obviously we've seen lots of examples of that. Um, And yeah, also at the end when he kind of mentions Trump, he sent this in before Trump suggested injecting yourself with disinfectant or um, zapping yourself with UV light. Um, Two things, obviously, no one recommends. And it just highlighted how much of a muppet that man is. Anyway, we won't get too political. We're going to jump straight on in to the next poet. So the next poet, this again was a really lovely piece. I really enjoyed it. Um, It is a woman who goes by the name of Jessica Jane Morling. 
Um, she's got a very short bio, so I guess there's not too much to say other than I just really enjoyed this piece. And um, I really wanted to include it on the show. Um, so to give her a follow on Instagram, it's Jessie Jane underscore X. That's J-E-S-S-I-E j-a-n-e and then underscore x um so her bio simply reads i'm a 22 year old student slash mum from buckinghamshire um doesn't give too much away but what she does give away in the piece is just really really beautiful um it's a very powerful piece it's called double standards um and i think you're going to really enjoy it so this is jessica jane morlin with double standards you know what's nuts that it's acceptable for you to only think with your nuts. Do you know what's mad? That if I show any emotion, I am classed as being mad. If I enjoy sex, you will call me a slag. But if I don't put out, now it's your turn to be mad. Double standards, that's what they call it, right? But a woman who stands up for her rights, all she wants is drama and a fight. He said we already have a quality. What are you even fighting for? I said the 15 million child brides you were choosing to ignore, the one in five rape victims in the United States alone, and the thousands of girls abducted never to return home. But go on, turn a blind eye, because all women do is moan. See, the length of my skirt does not determine my consent, even if I'm stripping just to pay my rent. Maybe it's your old-fashioned way of thinking that you should be given up for Lent. See, men are making decisions about women's bodies. So forgive me if speaking for the voiceless is more than just a hobby. How dare you tell me I shouldn't have wore that dress? How in your right mind did you confuse no and yes? Girls are not able to finish their education to cater to a man. Underage girls forced to have unsafe abortions. (laughs) This wasn't part of their plan. I met a girl sleeping rough on the street. She said, I know the facts about sex trafficking. I just need something to eat. It's mad because a lot of homeless girls are just running away from home because they should have never have been left with their stepdad alone. See, my body is not responsible for your thoughts. And if I sleep with a 100 men, it does not mean you can call me a whore. See, the last time I checked, equality meant being treated the same. But I get paid less because there's a miss in front of my name. So I won't stay quiet just so you can feel comfortable because I'm still living in a world that if I walk home alone, I'm made to feel vulnerable. I shouldn't ever leave my drink unattended at the bar because I'm open to the risk of being left scarred. And I'm sorry if I'm taking this too far. See, I told the teacher he shouldn't keep calling me pretty. But he said I've locked the door, pulled my skirt down and it hit me. I couldn't explain the pain in between my thighs. But I will stand up now and look you in your eyes. See, as a woman, it's crazy. We're told to take extra precaution in order to be safe and always report them. But what happens when justice isn't served? Go take some antidepressants and just get back to work. See, my passion, it isn't about hating men. In fact, I love him, even if he's not a 10 out of 10. I'm just giving you straight facts so you can learn a thing or two about being a woman because really you have no fucking clue. So there we go. That was Jessica Jane Morling with Double Standards. I thought that was a wonderful poem um, and I'm really, really glad that she sent it in. Um, so to give her a follow on Instagram, it's at Jane 
underscore X. So make sure you go and do that to keep up to date with kind of many other stuff that she's putting out. I just think it's a really powerful piece and there's a really great message in it. I think a lot of women feel like their voices aren't aren't heard and hopefully a platform such as poetry um, can allow, you know, for these stories to get told. And I think the line where she says, um, when talking about that encounter with the teacher, she says, I will stand up now and look you in your eyes. And I think that is, that it's just a very powerful message. And it's really the, the kind of point of spoken word and poetry. I feel as though it kind of gives you the strength and the power to, to be able to do exactly that, to, to, to stand up to these people and look them in your eyes. Yeah, I just really loved it. So yeah, thank you very much, Jessica Jane Morling. Let's move on to the next poem. And we have Jake Nathan. Um, So his bio reads, Jake Nathan is a spoken word poet and rapper from London, now based in Rochester. He's coming up to his one year anniversary of performing poetry and he's one half of the hip hop duo, The Rabble. He released his poetry EP entitled um, Season 1, Episode 1 on on the 3rd of April on YouTube. When I say Season 1, Episode 1, by the way, that's spelt like S and then 01 and then E01. Um, I checked out the EP and there's some amazing stuff on there. Like I really, really liked it. Um, So I'll kind of maybe put in a link in somewhere to make sure that you guys can check it out. But yeah, search for Jake Nathan and um, S01E01. One. <laughs> Sorry, that sounded a bit more complicated than it is. So to give him a follow on Instagram, head to Poems by Jake Nathan. Um, he also has a website, www.jakenathan.co.uk. Anyway, wow, plug, plug, plug. Let's hear the poem. Um, this poem is called Grenfell, so you know what it's about. And again, I actually had a couple of poems sent in about Grenfell. Um, and what I thought I'd do, kind of same thing as I did with Corona, is I just thought I'd pick one. Um, and this was the one that I picked. Uh, there was another one, I will say this, which was really, really great. So I'm very, very sorry to that other person. I, like, I honestly thought it was amazing. But for some reason, I just felt like this one nipped it across the line. So um, it's a really, really powerful piece, of course, um, about the tragic incident that happened at Grenfell. Um, so this is Jake Nathan with Grenfell. They say that they're wishing us well, but how could we ever believe when remembering Grenfell? They say the proof is in the pudding, and they were putting substandard materials in. So these thoughts seem like more than theories, I think. It feels like an obvious truth that these people weren't humans to you. And I know you think the longer you wait, the more this goes away. And I think that one day that will be true. But I also think it's our job to keep reminding you of the 72. The 72 lives lost to save money. Homes set ablaze with nothing in place to stop flames. They ripped through family, tore through friends, forced mums to throw their babies out of windows at flame point and they keep coming round to the same point. Their homes weren't safe because it was cheaper for them not to be. They'd rather burn people the money and they ain't being funny. That sounds like manslaughter to me. You didn't want them to die, but you didn't care if they did. Parents and kids, brothers and sisters, nannies and granddads, all the similar problem. They were common. Working class lives mean nothing to rich folks. Like everybody's fallible, but these homes were flammable when these people knew about it. It wasn't an accident. It was a choice made as part of procedure. And it wasn't that long ago either. 2016. In 2016, there was a so-called renovation. And in 2017, 72 people died in front of a nation. Based in the classes and that considers them less, they roasted in their own homes. 
Jacob Rees-Mogg blames her for their own deaths. It's the common sense, he bemoans. Not the fact that their homes weren't safe. Or that they died because they were poor. Or that they died for no reason. Or that their deaths were entirely avoidable. Or that this kind of thing never happens to his lot. These are poor people problems. And poor lives don't matter. That's a matter of fact and as clear as a bell remembering Grenfell. Thanks very much to Jake Nathan there. Um, A wonderful piece called Grenfell. There were so many lines in there that kind of jumped out at me when I was listening to it that I kind of want to kind of briefly run run through them. I feel like at the kind of start when he says, it feels like an obvious truth that these people weren't human to you. Um, And the other kind of line he mentions is, it's our job to keep reminding you of the 72. And I think, again, this is exactly what poetry is for. Yes, it is. It's totally our job to keep bringing up these stories, to keep talking about these type of things, in particular when kind of mass media tries to kind of silence things and move on and people tend tend to forget. Um, So yeah, that's definitely the job of us poets. Um, and then finally, that, that line when he says There's home, their homes weren't safe because it was cheaper for them not to be. And I think that's really the kind of centre of this whole tragedy. Um, and that is the cause of it. And it's kind of really sickening, isn't it? So yeah, thank you very much, Jake Nathan. Again, on Instagram, head to Poems by Jake Nathan to follow him. So thank you very much. The next poet we've got coming on goes by the name of Faz Barber. So if I quickly read his bio out for you, it reads, I am a Northern poet who is new to the scene. I write as a form of therapy and because it's cheaper than actual therapy. I'm an architectural assistant and designer by trade and I hope to merge the realms of poetry, media and architecture together one day. Um, So this guy, I actually have seen perform live before so I was hosting this night once and he came down to the night and he performed a poem and it was so powerful and so moving I had so many people come up to me afterwards and kind of ask me who like was that guy you know because he was from Manchester he wasn't from London he wasn't kind of uh, someone that people recognized from the local scene and he just blew people away it, I, I'm pretty sure it was the first time he'd ever performed or if it wasn't the first it was the second and uh, his strength was incredible and his poetry was brilliant so when he sent this email in with this poem attached i was so excited because i was like great really glad that we kind of get a chance to kind of showcase his work so to give him a follow on instagram it's faz mcr so f-a-z m-c-r and this poem is really great and it's called coconut born in a white man's land that can never be white my skin is brown but my mind is white my values are brown but my bread is white and I think about this day and night. Curry at 6.30 and curry at 7. Is that all right? Britain is brown and I am white. I relate to ER mate as much as I relate to Assalamu alaikum. Both endearing greets in their own right. You know, I like my seasoning brown and will slag off the whites. And when I want a full English, HP is the only brown I like. And when I'm drinking the brown liquor, I'll slag off the brown and down the liquor. Probably dare a white to see who can down it quicker. Do some karaoke and scream and white down the mic to fit in the moment how I like. Cheering on some random and singing sweet Caroline. Bum, bum, bum. Good times never felt so fucking good. Having a laugh and a joke with some lads on MD and Coke. One guy says, oh no, I shall shove my cock up sleeves ass for banter. And I'm thinking, mm, hell yeah, why the fuck not? Next man is chundering, another's getting swirled. One guy on the floor all mangled and curled. Looking around me thinking, this is the life, because tonight I'm white and I'm in a white man's world. Then I get in a taxi saying, yeah, mate, take us home, will ya? 
And when I look up in the mirror, I see the deep brown eyes of my long-lost brother, my sister, my father and my great-grandmother. He asked me how my night's been and I tell him, Alhamdulillah, brother. It was a lovely evening, with a big grin on my face even though I've been disbelieving and deceiving. And all of a sudden, I feel the whiteness leaving. And without moving his lips, he shows me I'm brown. He says, your skin is your armour and your heart is your crown. Your colour carries self-respect, integrity and honour. So why throw that all away for the life of a goner? There we go. That was Faz Barber with Coconut. And again, I just really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really cool piece. You know, when he says your skin is your armor and your heart is your crown. I just think he tells that story of kind of having that inner conflict on, on, on one occasion of kind of being with your mates and feeling like your kind of British uh, side comes out and then getting in the taxi and kind of being, couldn't, being confronted with, with the other side of yourself and how that kind of feels as a, in a conflict. And I think he depicts that really well with that piece. So thank you, Faz Barber, for that. So next up, we have a poet who goes by the name of Zazi. So uh, let me quickly read out their bio for you. Zazi is a queer neurodivergent psychology nerd. They enjoy colour coding their bookshelf, writing about things they're too scared to talk about and eating shreddies out of a mug. Their work has appeared in Oxford Art Week and Wumcam magazine. They have featured for London queer writers. Um, Their inspiration for their writing includes gender or lack thereof, trees and mental health crises. So uh, (laughs) quite an amazing bio that I really love the kind of enjoys eating shreddies out out of a mug. I hope they're cocoa shreddies, by the way, they're Zazu because cocoa shreddies are the best one. (laughs) Okay, that was a slight detour. So let's hear the poem. It's called Non-Binary. I think it's definitely um, something we can all learn from. It's a really, really great piece told and written beautifully. So this is Zazu with Non-Binary. This body I've got on feels like a dress size too small and I know that size changes from shop to shop but I can't use the changing rooms in any of them. They say your body is your temple and I listen and I respond timidly tattooing, perhaps piercing, dyeing hair in whatever place I want it and then they say no, not like that. Your body is our temple, it's only yours if it's socially acceptable and I listen, and I don't respond, and I change back my name, and I grow out my hair on my head only, because that makes sense. And I fade into that nine-till-five TV, no-dinners oblivion. And then this body I've got on feels several sizes too big, because if it's not mine, does it really matter what I do with it? And if a non-binary body falls in the forest and no one is there to hear it, which they won't be, it doesn't make a difference, because to them, it didn't exist anyway. And it doesn't matter how many burned out bodies burdened by stagnant society continue to fall in forests, in streets, in jobs that invalidate them, plural, in this case. Because if nobody is there, not just to hear, but to listen, then we don't exist. And that's what they want. So, allies, lift this burden from our backs. Take on every binary basin, every gendered gymnasium, no matter how small it seems, it has made us feel smaller. So fight it and hate it. Tell them non-binary is not just valid, but celebrated. So there we go. That was Zazie with non-binary. I think that's a really 
beautifully written piece um, to make sure that you give Zazie a follow on Instagram, head to this handle. Now, it's a little bit complicated and long, so I'm just going to kind of spell it out. When you read it, it kind of reads, read between the borderlines, but it's kind of a lot of vowels are taken out. So it's at RD underscore BTWN underscore the underscore BRDER and then lines. So um, to make sure that you kind of don't kind of miss any of these, head to at Wordspoken Podcast where I'll be kind of putting up loads of promo and links to all of these social media accounts. So that's so head there if you can't get that. But that was Zazie with the poem Non-Binary. I think the line that I love the most in that, that kind of really stood out for me there was, your body is our temple. It's only yours if it's socially acceptable. A really, really great line. And I think it perfectly depicts how many non-binary people feel. So thank you very much to Zazie. I really enjoyed that piece. Moving on to the next poet, we've got a guy who goes by the name of Joe Johnson. Um, I again, I think he's a really great poet. I've uh, actually had the opportunity to see him at a couple of open mic nights. I saw him the first time that he had ever done it and he really blew the audience away and I thought it was really cool. One thing I noticed when in his performance really was that uh, you could almost kind of tell that he'd never gone to an open mic night. And, and what I mean by that is he hadn't soaked up anything from anyone else. He was like 100% himself. He had his own style. He has his own way of doing it. Uh, and it really stood out amongst the lineup on the night. And I just thought it was really great. So uh, to give him a follow on Instagram, head to at Joe Johnsey. Uh, he's an actor, filmmaker, poet, a model. There's many, many strings to his bow and in fact, his bio reads on Insta, a jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. And I think that kind of nicely uh, sums up his uh, personality, but also yeah, his his work. So the poem we get to hear is a poem called Word Genie. Um, I learn a fact in here uh, about ducks, which is not a very nice fact, but it's, it's, it is a fact nonetheless. Um, I'm going to leave you to hear it when we get it. So this is Joe Johnsey with... Word genie. It's in my roots, cause it's in my family tree. It seems that flow just burst through my genes. My grandma's called Gene, therefore my genes is Gene. You see, that's not a rhyme scheme, that's a fact. It's like I can't not see these words forming on my mind's eye like a cataract. Something I can't counteract, cause without a hitch I chop up words at will like a blacksmith. I can't count the acts of accidentally forging rhymes too liquid to iron out that the meaning spins under the surface like liquid iron spins to turn the earth on its axis. I wrote a will cause I will leave you behind this kind of wordplay needs pause in the words I never write, I never write unless then I play right. Nothing don't play right cause doubts can attack, nobody backs me, self doubts don't back this crap northern Gatsby. They're like hey old sport, this ain't your game, I'm like ee hey sport, it's in the game, I'm in the game, I can do it the same, fuck the self doubt, drag myself out, it's a game to me, I control it like Parappa, I surround you wafer, I'm a footballing rapper, even when I'm silent I can be loud, I'm like a mic. I'm using gaps in space and time Need a space to be me Space to be solo and free I free solo and I need space to climb Between distractions, the drugs, the wine I need the time to take the time To be me, to be free, to be outrageous as fuck Did you know that ducks gang rape other ducks? Shook Don't look that up I've recently done it Recently found that out And um, it's, it's horrible Gangs of them Just gangs of them um, Yeah, you don't have to do that uh, Don't Google gang rape as a general rule 
I try to be funny with it. I like putting things in things. I put the dick in dictionary because I... I put the man in woman because I orchestrate sex. I put the X in sex because I sexted an X. I put an E in X that were in excess. The nitty gritty is scratching your head. All this is quite fun, but what has he said? Can he hammer a point, hit a nail on the head? The point is I'm sharp like an old United shirt. I'm just trying to show I'm not too bad when I say these words. Because I can be pretty witty when I want to get busy with it, but I'm never busy with it because I'm pretty ski. Because I'm not reeling isn't kicking in, my brain speeds up panicking. Everything is folding in. Should I give up, pack it in? Because there's so many words I can't fit in. But I'm done with fitting in, I'm bursting out. It's about time to take the rhymes out of my mind, to unwind, to air out the dark thoughts, stick them on a dartboard, zoom out, see them from a distance, see the insignificance. Writing this, I realise I used to differ from my difference. Till I got so rubbed up the wrong way, I stopped wishing for wishes, let the roots shoot and grew up out the lamp. This writing thing, it kind of frees me. It seems grandma's genes have formed a fully fledged word genie. Start a spoken word in January. My name is J O E because my name's just Joe, but poets need like a cool rapper name now, kind of thing. So I put like full stops between uh, the letters of my name. I thought it was pretty cool, and I told my mum, but she was like, "That's a bit stupid." So now I'm not sure about it. So there we go. That was Joe Johnson with Word Genie. And I think um, I think it's kind of clear there, right, that he's got his very own unique style. Like most people tend to kind of end a poem with the most powerful, impactful line that really leaves a kind of um, idea or image in your head. And in that one, he just ended it with like, yep. <laughs> which is yeah it's it's just very very him he's got his own unique style and i think it's just really refreshing to kind of see so i loved it so thank you very much man to make sure that you give him a follow on instagram head to joe johnsey that's j-o-e-j-o-h-n-s-e-y so yeah make sure that you do that um so you can kind of see he's got a film in the works kind of coming up now and he's got lots of stuff on there so give him a follow thanks mate that was word genie Okay, guys, so let's move on in. We're just getting to about half an hour of the show so far, and we've got four amazing poets left. Um, The next one is Amalia the Alchemist. Um, So Amalia, again, is an amazing poet. She kind of does a lot of stuff with music and uh, freestyle, and she does a lot of workshops as well. So she's, yeah, a really, really talented person, and I was really pleased when she sent in this piece. It's called Careless. Um, it's a really lovely piece. To give her a follow on Instagram, head to at Amalia the Alchemist. That's A M A L I A the and then Alchemist. Um, you can judge your spelling uh, B skills with that one. Um, but yeah, a really, really great poet, and this is a wonderful poem, and it's called Careless. I'm human. I'm living this reality like I'm Truman. I laugh because this bar's been used so many times. I can't stay in the lines, I'm a whole paradigm. I'm flexing, still thinking, do I text him? Because at times I navigate from the base of my spine. I can't feel my heart beating sometimes. I'm healing, uncovering psychic analytical deeper meanings. We all grow up sometimes and out of love with our past selves. We share lives with others, I can't tell whether I'm hopeless or I'm helpless. I just want to care less, but I'm feeling careless. Divine energy unites me. I caress this pen and be kind to my inner child like I'm talking to a friend. I just want to be loved again. So maybe I'm with you because I need support. And maybe you're here because you can't bear the thought of losing me in a peace. Duality has got me feeling free. Like Sammy, I'm dreaming of the day my future hubby asked to marry me. 
And maybe I'm here because you're worth it. I love you so I will never close the curtains on our reality. Don't be mad at me. Sanity, now I release. I'm dreaming of the day that I become your queen. I'm attached to the thought. I talked to Dan for support. He told me to write, dance or draw. So I saved all these thoughts for deeper stored metaphors. Meditate, levitate, feel the sun through my face. Dreamy days, I'm on the way. I'm on the way. Yes, yes, yes. So that was, of course, Amalia the Alchemist. Definitely give her a follow on Instagram to kind of check out some of the other stuff she does. She puts a lot of stuff to music. Very, very creative girl. So, yeah, really enjoyed that. Um, It was really wicked. So big up and thank you, Amalia. Okay, so the next poet coming onto the show goes by the name of Nawa. So Nawa is the founder of Union in Speech, which is a page and a night down at Bournemouth University. So I urge you to go and give her page a follow. It's Union in Speech. She gives shout outs each Wednesday to poets and work or nights that that she really, really likes. She was one of the kind of early supporters of the show. So I'm kind of really glad that we've we've been able to kind of share her work with you. Um, Her bio reads, Hi, I'm Nawa a poet who does this just to get thoughts out of my head, no matter how random they are, because like many, I am an overthinker. I've been writing for five years and then didn't know it was even poetry. I just knew when I was pissed off or emotional about something, my phone's memos wouldn't get overwhelmed with the load of words. And only over the past year or so, I've been sharing my words and I don't regret it, I think. I don't know where my poetry will go, but in the meantime, I'm sharing other people's words through my poetry and spoken word platform, Union in Speech. So yeah, I urge you to go and follow Union in Speech. It's a really great page. This poem we're about to hear from Nawa is called He Loves That Doll. He loves that doll. He puts on a voice. But when he called you to make sure you're okay, but you know... You know he's not faithful. He says it's alright, he'll sort it to reassure you. Make you feel better because you're the fragile, innocent wife that shouldn't know the real life stuff. Won't be able to handle it, the pressure would be too much for you and he doesn't want your hair to start falling out from stress. But of course you must be presentable at all times, no matter the time. He doesn't want you to worry, calls you darling and my love to show affection to you. Even though he never really does show affection to you. You must stay at home, be the lovely woman he fell in love with while he gallivants London chatting up younger women and men. They tell you, you look great for your age. Is it those products your husband gets you? Or is it those spas in North Africa he books for you? Or is it the new recipes from that vegan cookbook your husband bought you? This is what you have to deal with. Every single thing, feature, characteristic about you is associated to him. The husband. He does this for you. He does that for you. He buys you the most luxurious things and the most expensive clothes. But you know, you know, he's just trying to shut you up. There is no ending to this nightmare. You live, no waking up because he controls you, dominates your nature with his possessiveness. You are his doll. His doll, I tell you. Because maybe, just maybe he isn't truly expressing himself. Isn't letting it out because it will tarnish his pride and reputation, you see. He is in denial. 
He doesn't want to acknowledge his other attractions. But they're too strong. Because they'll still find a way to shine through his actions. See, you're his doll. That he can dress up, you see. You see, because he never got to play with dolls and cooking sets as a child. He had to play with footballs and pretend to love girls' boobs. Like the other boys. His true self is attracted to others, but not you. So there we go. That was Noah with He Loves That Doll. And um, yeah, I thought it was a really beautifully written piece. And yeah, I was really glad we were able to kind of get her stuff out on the show. So yeah, just a reminder again to follow Union in Speech to keep up to date with what's going on with that platform. So thank you, Noah. Okay, so the next poet we've got, we've got two more, guys. Um, and the next poet goes by the name of Abina Bediako and um, is a really, really talented poet. She's, she's, she's an amazing writer. She also sings as well, so we get to hear her voice in this piece. Um, and her bio reads, Abina Bediako is a poet and singer-songwriter from North London. She has performed and featured her work across different venues such as Outspoken Live at the Southback Centre, the Pal Showcase at the Royal Vauxhall Tavern, the Roundhouse Poetry Slam Finals and the Queer Ways of Exhibition in Sheffield. She's also a member of the Roundhouse Poetry Collective 2019 and 2020. Her work explores various aspects of personal identity, including memories from childhood, queerness, mental health and the impact that music and culture have had on her life. The poem we get to hear from her today is called Shallow Tongue. We scatter into the school hall. Preteens. Fizzing. Underarms sticky from the forced football lesson inflicted on me, but here. Here. My eyes light up of the crescent moon, of chair to drum. Two tall men, thick with melanin, greet us, seat us down. They lift a curved root to the palm of their stretched, skinned drums, adinkra symbols etched deep into the wood. The sound, taut and bassy from all the tight stringing, And then they sing to us. We sing it back. And as I belt, empty phone calls to cousins, broken dialect to grandma, fading memories of orange dirt roads, patch up, heal. They tell us they are from Ghana. My sore palms, red from all the one, two, three, one, two, three, bidip bum, bum, bidip bum, bum, bum. Worth every blister now. I wear my name like the weight that it is. Abna. They call me their sister. 
My grin, so wide it greets mama when the bell rings, so I sing her the melody. My smile pops. No, my love. No, mama says. This is not tree. Not our tribe. This is ga. And in that moment, my tongue knows how weak it is, how shallow, how much she is yet to learn about this place she calls half a home, yet how she will still curl herself towards any hint of it. Because this is what we do. Hang our teeth on vague recollections of grandma smashing four in the courtyard. Chew on it. Live off the buzz of dad's and Nancy's stories in the kitchen. Cling onto mama's cooking. Cling onto random men pounding African drums to spark up wavering pride in us. Cling onto Ghanaian birthday songs. Fold our skin into wells that keep the black in us alive. So there we go. That was Abina with Shallow Tongues. And I just, yeah, wow. I think she's really, really powerful in her work. I did um, get the chance to see her once at a feature set um, at a night called Off the Chest down in London a couple of months back. And one of the things that kind of really shocked me, other than just kind of really liking her, her work, was her memory. I think she did like a 10-minute poem and it was all off the top of her head. I think maybe it was kind of joining a couple of different poems, but it was really, really impressive. So it's someone there here that comes with a lot of kind of professionalism in her work. So it was really, yeah, really lovely to have that on. Thank you very much. Give a follow on Instagram. Make sure that you do. It's abina underscore e underscore b. So a-b-e-n-a underscore e underscore b. Okay, so we're moving on to the very, very last poet of this open mic special, part two. Um, and I'm really excited about this one as well. Um, and the reason kind of is, is when he sent me this poem over, I was quite mesmerized by it. I kind of listened to it like a couple of times and really kind of got sucked into the work. So um, yeah, I think you're going to like it. So the poet goes by the name of Kenny Burns. Um, and his bio reads, Hi, my name is Kenny Burns. I'm a 20-year-old from Milton Keynes. I recently dropped out of uni because I thought of a better plan. I write poetry, mostly short stories and rap. Um, so he sent me two pieces over. Um, the one we're going to hear is um, a poem called Coffee. And I think if you've ever uh, if if you've ever gone to uni and you've been in that kind of first year of uni, um, and sort of kind of questioned the value of your time there and like what 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 you were really doing um that is essentially the kind of essence of this piece and i think he sums it up in a really kind of beautiful way um and even if you haven't been in that position this is definitely going to be a way for you to understand what that feels like just kind of being a little bit aimless and not really finding focus in life so that's what this poem is about. And I, it just kind of captivated me a little bit. And I, I just, yeah, I just really, really warmed to it. So to give him a follow on Instagram, head to Kenny9. That's K-Y-N-N-Y 9. So this is the final poem that we're going to hear on this show. And it's called Coffee by Kenny Burns. 
I'm back on the coffee as of late. But soon enough it'll be boiled eggs, peppered, sliced and buttered bread. Twisted with some mayonnaise between if not stop instead. Go hungry. Garlic loaves for 32p at 2.30 or 4. Take a trip to Tesco. If I don't get some ciders then what's it all for? Not exactly that concerned about the calories I burned throughout the night when I was jumping up to jot down all these manic phrases. I'm bored as hell so what now? At least I'm supported by some phases. To a degree I feel so I'm wasting my life. All I know is I'm on the course to be battling more strife. My shoes have holes in the soles of my feet hurt. I can't afford another stain on my t-shirt. I've had the same shampoo for about six months. Same time the trim I've got is inching towards my shoulders. I've been skimping, strapping up for sure, but stowing away guns in holders. I don't want to waste the bullets. What if I get caught up in a mess? What will I do next? <laughs> I've been at a uni, bro. What am I expecting? What bills do I pay other than my com? The entirety of which is covered by my loan, and on top of that, 50% of my weekly budget gets blown on drink. I never really made friends. I knew that I was cutting first lecture that I touched. I just knew it wasn't something I was going to get through. Sit about in lecture rooms. Steam emitting from my ears was more like jet fumes. What the fuck am I doing here? This is not my sort of scene. Everybody's troubles were serene. That's because I was thinking if you're troubled like me, then you're like me. And all these people, well, they're nothing like me. It's lovely to see your sense of justice still intact. As usual, your adamancy clarifies you're nothing if not tapped. Your attitude, it stinks. I could smell that you were seething way before you decided not to treat with me this evening. And as average as this sounds, I think it's time to set your bread on fire, make a toast and then conspire for some change. But all you seem to do is boast. You like to think you're different, uniquely spiritual, but listen... These ideas that you espouse are nothing short of wise and hows. You don't know what you're on. You see yourself as I see me. The only difference is that I see me as less than you. And I guess that's where I'm falling short. Expectations of a placement because I'm holding high regard. If you knew what I was thinking, then you double your defences. The only way that I can see you as a bard is that you're lying to yourself with this facade. I simply don't have time for all this melancholy. See, I'm somber on my own, so I can do this on my own. So there we go. That was Kenny Burns with Coffee. And that concludes the Open Mic Part 2 this week. So honestly, guys, thank you very much for listening. Once again, I know I've said this a lot, but thank you everyone to send in your work. I just really enjoyed kind of going through it all. Um, and hopefully you've enjoyed the kind of two episodes that we put out. Now, as I said uh, at the start of this episode... Um, I will be doing this again. It won't happen for like a couple of months um, just to kind of mix things up. But do stay tuned. If you want to apply for kind of the next round, then please do. Um, I would yeah, love to hear your work. So I guess let's just have a quick recap of who we've heard on the show. So we've had Chris Moore, Jessica Jane Morling, Jake Nathan, Faz Barber, Zazie, Joe Johnsey, Amalia the Alchemist, Nawar, 
Arbina Bediako and Kenny Burns. So yeah, 10 very, very different poets from one another. Um, very different poems, different content, different styles, different everything. Very, very varied as you get at an open mic. Make sure you check out at Word Spoken Podcast on Instagram to keep up to date with the latest things on the show. I've been your host, Henry. I've enjoyed this so much. Thank you very much for listening. Stay safe, everyone. Cheers. Cheers.